give him life. That we might have life and have it more abundantly. We're thankful that each of you are listening in or here in the parking lot. We're just going to have church for Jesus. There's no power like the power of Almighty God. Nothing can stop God's presence. No wall, no curtain, no authority or power is able to overpower the Lord Jesus Christ and His mighty power. We're thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. If you will, if you'll turn in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 15 and 14, then Romans 1 and 16 will be our scripture text for today. We say it's good to be able to get back together in this matter, to break the bread of life and find what the Spirit would speak to our hearts, hoping that it'll be an encouragement, give you faith and hope. In this dark time, He is still the light of the world. No darkness can cover His light. He'll shine light into your heart and hope if you'll let Him. 1 Corinthians 15 and 14, the Apostle Paul wrote, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. The word vain means empty. So if Christ be not risen, then our hope is empty, and our preaching is empty. Romans 1 and 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'd like to preach this morning about the power of the resurrection. We hear a lot today about authority and power, but there is no power equal to the power of God's resurrection. That incomparable power of God and the brightness of His glory was displayed in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how powerful is that resurrection that Jesus had? Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed to tell the world that Jesus Christ is not dead, that he's alive and he's resurrected. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Acts 2.38 that he left. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the power of the resurrection. The chief priest of the Pharisees knew what the resurrection would mean. We find in Matthew 27 and 64 that they were telling Pilate if the people believed Jesus rose from the dead, the last error would be worse than the first. First of all, we know that neither the first nor the last was error. We know it was all true. But what they were saying was the resurrection would be more powerful and bring more people to follow him than any teaching or miracle he had ever done. Now that is the power of God. That resurrection power, amen, reaches out into the homes and the hospitals, goes into the cars with people, it goes to bed with them at night. That power reaches out through all dispensations of time until today. More powerful, amen, than anything that Jesus had done before was the resurrection. They said, whatever he did, whatever teaching he did, whatever miracles that he brought, would not be equal to the power that if he resurrected would bring people to hell and the power of God would prove that he was who he said he was. God manifest in the flesh. In Mark chapter number 4 we find that Jesus, amen, was on the ship with the disciples. And during that time a storm come up. 
The storm began to blow up as Jesus was asleep, and the disciples said, Master, don't you care that we perish? He stood and rebuked the wind and spoke to the sea, and the Bible said there was a great calm, that powerful, that a man should look at nature in the midst of a storm. Amen. And just speak the word, and it come to pass, and there'll be a great calm. That's the power of God, but the resurrection will bring more people to God than the power over nature. And the resurrection is more powerful than over nature. Because the resurrection gives you a changing power in your life. A power to live free of sin and be delivered. We find though in Mark 4 that when he had calmed that storm, that in chapter 5 we begin to read, Amen, that there was a man in the tombs possessed with demons. The Bible says legion, up to 10,000 demons. Undoubtedly, this man standing there watching that ship come to Gadara where he was saw the storm raging in the sea. Saw how bad and terrible that it was. But he saw something else. He saw all of a sudden a man step up on the ship and do something. And when he did, the storm ceased in a great calm. No doubt when this man saw that, that he had been found by these demons all these years. People had tried to chain him, and he broke the power of the chains. They couldn't stop him. Cutting himself, crying night and day. Amen. Because of the demons that had possession of him. If you're bound by something that's causing you to do things that you don't want to do, I want to tell you about the resurrecting power of God that's able to deliver you. Because when Jesus landed on shore, this man undoubtedly has seen that powerful miracle and said within himself, if I can get to him, I will be able to be delivered from this. The Bible said immediately he went to Jesus, and Jesus just spoke out the word. He said, go. And that's all it was to those demons. I'm telling you, it's not hard for God to deliver. It's not hard for God to heal. And it's not hard for God to control nature. But greater than all of that power, the Pharisees said, that miracle deal in comparison to the resurrection. If he comes out of that grave, then there's going to be a power that's not going to be able to be stopped. Heal your body if it's sick. But this woman pressed through 
Amen. And undoubtedly she found to be on her knees crawling because she touched the hill of his garment. Immediately there was a miracle power. Jesus felt virtue go from his body. And he turned around and said, who touched me? Can I say this? He, she didn't touch him. She touched that was connected to his body, his garment. Be careful how you treat the people of God. We're connected to God. How you treat your brothers and your sisters is how you're treating God. If you're going to speak about them, speak well. Amen. Speak highly of them. Because to touch anything connected to him is like touching Jesus Christ himself. This woman was healed by the power of Almighty God. And those Pharisees and chief priests realized in their mind a great miracle that went all over Jerusalem, I'm sure. But they said if he comes out of that grave, amen, that won't be the brightness of it. That won't be the attraction. Amen, that won't be the thing that brings people to God. But the thing that will bring people to God is not the miraculous power of the healing of a body, but the resurrection and the hope of a resurrection for every individual that is in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, if you're in Christ, you have a hope of the resurrection into eternal life at the end of this life. All of these miracles were great, but none compared to the resurrection, amen, of Jesus Christ. We find in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, they passed by the man that was born blind. His disciples said, Master, who sinned? He said, neither sin this man nor his parents, but we want to see the miraculous power of God. And Jesus reached down, he spit on the ground, and made clay and put it on the man's eyes and told him, go to the pool of Salaam and wash up. I'm telling you, this man was born this way. He was blind from birth. Amen. And people are going to talk about miracles like this. He said, go and wash at the pool of Salaam. I'm telling you, if you've got spiritual blindness, you need to go to the Word of God and wash in the Word of God and read the unadulterated Word of God and do what it says and not take the eye of the opinion of man or the misinterpretation of Scripture to make you believe something that is not true. But go to the Word of God, the pool of Salah, which is my interpretation sent. Find somebody that is sent from God as a real preacher and not a howling. Somebody that's called of God and not decided it's a real profession, but it is a life calling. Find somebody the truth about Acts 2.38. Amen. And let them open your eyes to the Word of God. But this man went to the pool of Salah and he washed and the Bible said, and he came seeing. Word would have blazed everywhere in Columbia, Mississippi and Foxworth. If that had happened, everybody would be talking about it. Everybody would want to be going to that man and seeing him. But they realized the chief priest of the Pharisees said, hey, that may get a few people. There would be some skeptics. But if that man comes out of that grave after three days, even they're not going to stop people from coming. What is stopping you from coming to Jesus? He is resurrected. I'm not ashamed to tell you. My God's not in a dusty tomb in Jerusalem. His bones are not there. His mummy is not there. I say to the angel, come and see the place where he laid. He is not here. He is risen, praise God. And today, he's just as powerful as he ever was. A risen Savior that will never lose any power. Praise God for the resurrection. 
He was teaching the Jews. They believed and knew that God in the beginning formed man from the dust of the earth and made him a living soul by breathing breath into his nostrils. And he was telling them when he took that clay in front of them, he said, this man was born this way for the power and the miracle of God to show forth who he was. He took the clay that he did not finish making that man in the womb. And it's just like in the beginning, he put that clay on his eyes and he finished making that man when he was obedient unto him. Let me tell you, we lost the spirit of God that dwelt within man, our spirit. In the beginning, it died when they sinned. And Jesus has come back to give us that spirit back that we lost to recover all that God had given man. And if you come and get the Holy Ghost, He will make you over. He will complete you. Amen. In Christ, what you're supposed to be. What is that? A child of God, born of the water and of the Spirit. If you'll only come to God and let Him, He will take not the clay from the earth, but He'll take the Spirit of God and put it within you. And your spirit is born again. And you become a new creature in God. Thank God for the power of the resurrection. The power, praise God, that is able. There was a man in John chapter 5 at the pool of Bethesda. When the angel come and troubled waters at a certain season, the first one in was healed. And this man lay there. He'd been this way a long time. And Jesus came by and looked at him knowing he'd been there that way a long time. And he asked him a question. He said, Will thou be made whole? Can I ask you a question this morning? Will you be made whole? Amen. Have you got the Holy Ghost? Have you been born of the water and of the Spirit? Have you been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins? Will you be made whole? Are you laying around in this world a spiritual cripple that really can't do anything for God? You have no power. You have no power over things that take control of you and run your life that you don't like. Will you be made whole? Is the question I'm asking you today. The resurrecting power of my God is able to make you whole again and give you power to become a witness and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And this man took around and he made this statement. I have no man to help me. That's the problem today. Somebody else is always looking for a man to help them. If you'll turn your attention from man, man cannot give you the Holy Ghost. We can pray for you. We can pray with you. We can get the power of God moving upon you by the laying on of hand. But when it comes down to it, you've got to put your faith and confidence in Jesus. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. When you feel that tingling presence of God upon you, that Jesus coming to give you the Holy Ghost, you to Him and let Him make you whole again. Praise God. We find that this man said, I have no man to help me. And Jesus simply said, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. I can speak those words and nothing happened. But if you speak them in the Holy Ghost, speak them in the will of God, that resurrecting power will flow, amen, and that man will be able to be healed. I'm telling you, if you'll find to a Pentecostal church and baptize it in Jesus' name, it believes in the Holy Ghost, speak in the tongue, and live in a holy and a godly life, and find that preacher and repent of 
Spirit of God give the utterance. In the book of Acts, when Peter and them had preached to the Gentiles, and they received the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues, Peter said, Can we forbid water? See, these to receive the Holy Ghost as well as we, for we hear them speak with tongues and magnify God. The only way the apostles knew you got the Holy Ghost was to hear you speak in tongues. Some preacher tell you they know more than the apostle Peter and them. He better back up, my friend. If they needed to hear you speak in tongues to know you got it, you better get somewhere alone in a closet or somewhere and get a hold of God and pray until God feels you. You have been deceived if you'll not receive it like the Bible said. But this man, after all that sickness, they said that was a great miracle. It went all over the pool, everybody around. Amen. So the man didn't get in the water. Some man come through by the name of Jesus and just said, Rise, take up that bed and walk. But they said, Oh, that's nothing compared to what the resurrection will do. That's nothing compared to how it will flood not just the pool area, but flood the whole world. This gospel preached to the whole world simply because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of Almighty God. It causes them to give their life for it. Then to leave their families and their home places and go with foreign missionaries and go to another town and start a church. What it is, it's that resurrecting power of God working within them. Lazarus and John 11 was dead. Jesus went to him. They had him in the tomb. And they said, roll away the stone. Take it away. There's some things you've got to do. And that is you've got to repent. You've got to believe the word of God. You've got to obey the scriptures in Acts 2.38. Be baptized. Once you have done that, you have repented. You have been baptized in Jesus' name. Then the other is up to God. And that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, take me away the stone. And one of the sisters said, oh, Master, Lord, it's been four days. He's going to stink. They knew that body had started decomposing. It would have an odor. beginning to rot. Let me tell you something. You may stink like rot with sin. You may be ruined with it. But the power of God will give you a new smell. The smell of holiness and the smell of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, just take away the stone. Amen. I'm telling you, when they rolled it away, crowd with a loud voice, Lazarus come forth, and he that was bound come forth. Amen. That decomposed of the skin, that stink of the rock was gone. He was whole again. Then he looked at the people around him and he said, loose him and let him go. Jesus will fill you with the Holy Ghost, but you need to get in a church that teaches the truth and will help you to get the grave clothes off of your life, get all the sin that had you dead, amen, spiritually, wrapped around you, that will preach you the truth of the Word of God about holiness and about the oneness of God and how to live for God. You need to find a church that will preach you the truth and help you get rid of all those sins that have attacked them to you and cause that spiritual death. I'm telling you, I In John 14, Jesus made this statement. He said, these things and greater shall you do. 
Listen to verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, that is Jesus, the works that I, Jesus, do, shall he do also anybody. And greater works than these shall he, anybody, do, because I, Jesus, go unto my Father, the Spirit. Will do greater works. We're talking about the power of the resurrection. We're talking about more able to give, amen, the Acts 2 experience to other people and to preach this gospel under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and not dead and dry but full of life. It is only possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But listen, we'll do these greater works only after the Holy Ghost comes on us. Listen to what Jesus said in John 7, 37 through 39. In that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake ye of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. How are we going to get that greater working power than Jesus had when he was alive on this earth in the flesh? After the resurrection, the resurrection power, praise God, broke loose and began to pour out the Spirit under his people. Through that resurrecting power, praise God, that's the reason that we have the Holy Ghost. You could not get the Holy Ghost. Jesus said the Spirit you should receive, but yet I'm not glorified. He said you can't get this Spirit that I've got now, that I'm going to give you. I'm with you, but I shall be in you. But it's going to come after the resurrection, after I've been in the grave, after I've died for your sin, after I've rose again to give you that resurrecting power in your life. After that resurrection, you're going to receive a spirit. And he said, carry in Jerusalem until you're being filled with power from on high. Brother, in Jerusalem, they received that spirit after the resurrection of Jesus on the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one place of one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like unto the fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. My friend, that's when the Holy Ghost came. The resurrecting power. That Spirit after He was glorified is the Holy Ghost. It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. The Bible said we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This is the greatest treasure you'll ever have. You may have a favorite hunting dog. This is greater than that. You may have a favorite gun. It's greater than that. You may have a favorite car. It's greater than anything this world can afford you. This is the true tre treasure. This is the pearl of life, praise God. Amen. On this Easter morning, you can receive the Holy Ghost right where you are. God is on thy presence. Paul said, bring him, we will be looking at how I be. He's right there with you in the Spirit. Amen. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them also. If you would repent of your sin right where you are, and believe God, and pray God, forgive me of my ungodliness, and my unbelief, and my sinful and wicked ways, and mean it from your heart, and say, oh God, that Jesus,
Holy Ghost, you can get it. Amen. Then find you a preacher that'll baptize you in Jesus' name and connect with that church and live for God. This Easter morning, you need to obey Acts 2.38. We must understand that the resurrection power is like no other power on earth. When he came out of that grave, he gave every individual hope of a better life. Hope of eternal life. The resurrection power lets you know you're never alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may not have a man standing by your side, but like the man at the pool, I have no man to help me. You may be in that position. You may say, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Nobody ever comes to see you. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. It did not say shall not. It said should not. You will have a friend that will stick closer to you than a brother. Amen. That loneliness you have will be replaced with the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost in you. A God that will fellowship with you wherever you are at any time you need it. Whether you're uptown on the job, in the car, at home, late at night, whatever. He will always be there. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You have a friend called Jesus that wants to come and live in your heart and your life through the Holy Ghost. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 My hope is not in this life. My retirement benefits are out of this world. Praise God, my hope is in a life to come. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead does in fact change everything about you. It changes your past, your present, and your future. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Let me tell you something. People that get the Holy Ghost, you're different. You're like the blind man that couldn't see and now you can. The lame man that couldn't walk and now you can. There's a difference in your life. You are a new creature. The things of sin that you used to love, you hate. The things that had you bound, you couldn't break loose of. The chains of sin are broken by the power of Almighty God. And you're not bound by those things. You're really 21 years old and free for a change. To make a choice. Pontius de Leon, in the 16th century, searched Florida for a fountain of you. He believed there was such a fountain. He looked in the wrong place. We found the fountain of you. Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. If you want the real fountain of you, find Jesus. Find the resurrection Savior. Receive the Holy Ghost. Get baptized in Jesus' name. And fall after him for the holy and a dedicated life. You're not going to find him in the tomb in Israel. Amen. The power of resurrection has brought him out and the power of resurrection will bring you out of the grave if you die. When that trumpet sounds the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with you in the clouds in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I don't know who you want to spend eternity with. I sure don't want to spend it with the devil. He had given me nothing but problems and heartaches and troubles. I don't want to go to hell where there's suffering and agony and pain and there 
cloud in the air. And I pray, my friend, that after this message, you will concentrate on your salvation. You will look at the Word of God. Begin by reading the New Testament and the book of Acts. That's the founding of the church. That's the one that Jesus chose to establish this church. Read it. See how they founded the church. And see if your church preaches the same thing Peter did when they asked Peter on the day of Pentecost. Billy, brother, what shall we do? His answer was this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. And remember, there were people from all nations in that group that day. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Is your church preaching that? Or have they adopted another gospel? Paul said there'd be some that are following another gospel. Though there's not another gospel. Though a man or an angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel than that which I preach, let it be accursed. He preached Acts 2.38 and Acts 19. John's converts, he baptized them in Jesus' name. Laid hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost, Peter with tongue. Preached the same thing Peter did. Come, my friend, I beg and plead with you. The days are shortening. Time is coming to an end. Look at all the catastrophe that's happening in the world. Amen. Locusts, earthquakes, storms, this virus. It's a sign that's crying, wake up! Wake up before it's too late! Search your Bible. Quit taking the word of man and take the word of the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. If you don't have a home church, you're looking for one. Oak Grove Apostolic Church. On Highway 587. We'd be glad to have you to come and be a member of our church. We love you. We're praying for you. The church cares for you. We have a great Sunday school. We have great teachers. We have great saints of God that love people and care. May God bless you until we meet again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.